Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Johnny, how are you, sir? I'm very well, Chris, and you? Yes, I'm, um, every day I get happier and happier and more confused. <laughs> it, yeah, look, it, it, it can be incredibly confusing because there's such a conflict of information out there. Um, my journey started six years ago where I was told that this was going to happen, the collapsing of the world's economy. And I'll be honest with you, Chris, I thought it was a joke. And then two years ago, they, they told me that um, we're nearly there. We've got Trump in power, so we're nearly there. And we, now we've got him in power, we can do it. And then in December last year, they turned around and said, we've now got Boris in power in the UK, and you're out of the EU, so we can now collapse the world's economy, including the Nazi states of Europe. And that was just a straightforward conversation, which I, I listened to. Did I believe it? Not really. Um, but because I was like, really? How are you going to do that? And then, of course, when March came along, they collapsed it with a common cold, but they, 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 you know, they managed to buff it all up as this massive thing. And even the World Health Organization, the CDC, etc., had already downgraded it to nothing more than influenza back in March. And yet four days after they downgraded it, suddenly we went into a lockdown. I thought, wow, how easy was that? So, yeah, it was, it was a journey. And then, of course, when I was speaking to them in between, they were telling me the process. And I was like, you know, we'll run it for a period on the, on the virus. And then, then we'll change it over. And then we got, we've got a vaccine to back that one up. Of course, the, the, uh, the mandate was to cause confusion and fear, which when you look back, you've, gone, you've actually done a brilliant job if that was your mandate. But when you're going through it, you go, I can't make a head nor tail of this. It just doesn't make any sense. There was no logic. Um, and no, I'm, I'm laughing my head off at the moment in Spain. We're 35 degrees. And everybody's got a mask on. And if you just think back, only three months ago, we were told the virus is, number one, not airborne. And number two, it cannot uh, exist in temperatures outside of the body above 24 degrees. So we're at 35, and then you look at Middle East, Dubai, Saudi Arabia. All masked up, mandatory masked up, um, and it's 30, uh, 45 degrees there in both countries. And there's little things, little things that look, when you look back, you know, when with your mind as a Marine, you look back and go, wow. It's like when, the, when it suddenly came out that Leicester was going to be in lockdown, I said to my wife immediately, I know exactly why that is in lockdown. So nothing to do with the virus. And then suddenly, 700 plus arrests were made from the the boys that were using Encro that they thought was completely untouchable. And I said, there you go. What did I tell you? Can you explain that for us, Charlie? What, Encro? Yeah. It's basically an encrypted phone. Um, it looks like a normal phone to any normal human being. But it was set up, uh, it was created by a Dutch, Dutch company, Dutch group. Um, and the word on the street was it was for celebrities so, you know, so that they couldn't hack into their phones. The reality is it was 100% used by drug dealers, drug lords, 
um, etc. I know it was. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I had one about five years ago, and I had a, an, a, a PGP, which is another type of encrypted phone. So you could communicate with people. My, my biggest concern was when I was moving money that I wasn't going to get jumped because I'd had a number of, we've had two people who've been jumped because they've uh, obviously somebody's heard the conversation. In fact, I was actually jumped myself um, in Oxford Street in London, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Um, and then when I went, uh, my daughter just happened to be, I was talking to my daughter on the phone when I got jumped. And um, she said there was something very strange about the way they were talking. So she contacted the police immediately. And the police said, we don't actually have any policemen on duty at the moment on Oxford Street. Which was a very strange thing to hear. It's one of the busiest streets in London. Well, I got jumped by six six people um, claiming to be police officers, and they weren't. They'd obviously listened in on a conversation or something where, on that particular day, we were moving uh, we were moving money around. And uh, when I when I say we are moving money around, I I do the planning, and I've got teams who work for me who come from backgrounds like your own. Okay. If you want to move some down here, you're more than more than welcome, darling. <laughs> Not my money, Chris. If it was, I would certainly do so. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was the encrypted phones that, that the authorities, from what I understand from on the inside, they had accessed the information four years ago and have been tracking them for it, but they hadn't been able to, to put the pieces together. Till about two years ago. Um, so these lads that thought they were invincible on these phones, um, everything was being recorded everywhere. But that, I've learned that I've learned that uh, in the last few years that you, um, it, you're not even safe talking face to face with people nowadays because they've got drones, with microphones they can drop them mm. 300 meters on a fish wire right above your head, and you can't see it. it's just like a fly. Yes, of course it's. Um couple of my guests lately I've spoken to have said if you knew the technology we had 30 years ago that they that was kept secret then you you wonder what you know what they might might have now sort of thing oh yeah can I I just want to say I don't want to talk too much about the thing because everyone knows what we mean when we say the thing only because um for people listening, as far as YouTube concerned, you have to agree with the official narrative if you're talking about it, right? Or I yeah. guess you just don't talk about it. But my answer to everyone is easy because it's all in here. If you want yeah. to know what's going on in the world or you want a rough approximation, why our language is changing, why we're not, why these phrases that, are, that have come into play are there why everything's been turned on its head so stuff that's bad for you is now good for you it's it's all in george orwell or eric blair's 1984 it's incredibly frightening for those of us that that read that book 20 or 30 years ago thought, oh it's just a book and to see that the totalitarian agenda come into play and to see the people begging for it um 
I wouldn't mind, but if if you could have the mask and you're allowed to wear a cape, Charlie, and give yourself a superpower. Yeah. That would be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, and who thought I never thought I'd see the day where I'd walk in walk into a bank with a mask on and ask for money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they normally <coughs> take you know, I, my my local post office has got a sign saying, please take your baseball cap off, right? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You couldn't make it up. What what I just I would want to say though, because I'd be a, a criminal if I didn't, is I haven't been ill for must be 18 years now you say 17 but since this thing's gone i'm probably 18 now and that's just because i eat alkaline what what our ancestors would have ate in the nature it's that simple folks you know not chasing blooming cows around and, and eating them whole but eating your your, your green, green veg basically so when your body's in that state what i have found and i think i'm allowed to speak my truth is you physically cannot get sick. I haven't been sick for, for 18 years. It's all in my commando coach playlist, if anyone's interested, the green diet, right? The germ theory is just a theory, and it's been heavily disputed. I think on the other side of the coin, Chris, it's very important. You and I have had a varied life, to say the least, and we've survived it, and we've come through very healthy. I haven't caught anything for years and years and years. There are people out there who are not blessed like you and I, who haven't got access to clean water, who haven't got access to food, healthy food, who maybe have a very, very weak immune system, maybe, in Africa especially, in India. But there are some vaccines. I'm not saying every vaccine is wrong. There are some vaccines that have proved beneficial to certain people, but a, a complete blanket for them I think is morally wrong. That's just my own personal opinion. And as I've said many times in my videos, I'm not the Messiah, I'm just Charlie. And this is my view. And one thing that I, I dislike with the world right now is the fact that you can't have an alternative view. You have to have the mainstream narrative, otherwise your view doesn't count. Should we start by talking about this Q phenomenon? Yeah, by all means. Um, not that we haven't started yet, Johnny, but it, it, well, what's your take? Well, when I, I became aware of Q two, two years ago. And when I became aware of Q, I wanted to investigate what exactly it was and what were its roots and foundations. And I managed to trace it all the way back to 1962 when it was created. And that was as far as I could go to find out. And I've now since learned that, it, that there, was, there was ideas it might have started before that. But it was created by John F. Kennedy because he believed that they were trying to kill him. So he had a group of people that were confidants that he could trust with information to get it out there in case anything happened to him. And they worked with inside the walls of the, of, of the White House. Now, in America, they tend to have letters like Q and M and all this, whereas in England, we tend to have numbers, 007, whatever. And this was a group of people that he just trusted. Now, when he did get killed in 1963, 
they tried to get the message out, but every time they tried to get the truth out, one of them was killed. So they went to ground. And they went to ground for a number of years. They tried to raise their head in 2001, after September the 11th. And again, whoever was at the head of it was just disappeared, were never seen. So I think they, from what I understand from the inside information, they sort of regrouped but decided to keep very low profile. And then four years ago, they decided to make themselves aware, more, more visually aware. Now, the people that were putting out the information, which we now call Q-drops, they were far more encrypted and far more geared for people like yourself with a military background that could encrypt decipher what they were actually putting. And my first um, site into QDrops two years ago, I was like, whoa, what's that about? Because it was all codes and symbolism and numer numerology. I was like, wow. And you could see them matching up things that were saying. And then what, what actually got me was the fact that there was QDrops coming in and then two days later, Trump was saying exactly what was in the queue drop two days ago. And then suddenly I woke up and went, there's something to this. And then it was pointed out to me as well on the journey that JFK's burial site in, the, in America is in the shape of a queue. And you can see that on Google Earth. Go onto Google Earth and type in JFK burial site. And it will take you to the burial site and you'll see the queue. The other interesting one that I, somebody brought to me the other day, um, Princess Diana's burial site is also in the shape of a cube. Is that because so stuff, buried on, on an island? That's right, with a lake around it with a cube. There's, there's some pretty weird stuff around Diana's death on the yes. one hand you know you know on the one hand what we had the media saying it was this paparazzi right which i think we all know now anything the media says is just simply not not i mean i my 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 ground rule and you i'm sure you've heard me say it, is i do not believe a single thing in the media because no. they don't the media don't like me they work for a sociopathic nutcase yeah. elite a bunch of psychopaths that hate me and hate my family so why are they going to tell me the truth in their media channels that they're, 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 they're clearly not and even if they do tell the truth they wrap it in their own layer their own delivery mechanism to to suit their own agenda but going back to, to diana it's just some interesting stuff when you when you get into the the um, historical side and Diana was a Greek the goddess of hunting yeah and when she had her they had her and Charles had their wedding um, their honeymoon they had the photo shoot at the hunting lodge in this one of their Scottish um, Scottish uh, estates right sorry the names Balmoral was it was it yeah i think it was balmoral right and in that picture diana has a, what appears to be a jumper with the 
I, I, might, I might be wrong here, but it looks like the Egyptian hunting dog. Was it not okay. an Osiris, but uh, it, 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 uh, I'm, yeah. I, am, I am sort of chucking a few two and twos together here, and I'm not trying to come up with four or five, but I'm, I'm just saying it all gets a bit, you know, when you think about the um, ritual sacrifice that a lot of these sociopaths are allegedly into, then it, it, it opens your eyes up to a parallel world, Charlie. Would you agree? Totally, totally, totally. Like, I'm finding out stuff that I just could not believe to oh. start with. Oh, sorry, sir. That was the point I was making. And where she was buried on, on was it the Althorpe Estate? Yeah. That island was where they buried their dogs, yeah. their, their pets, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just making and then in the car, the white Fiat Uno that was seen yeah. that came out of the junction, that is yeah. what made the Mercedes have to make that first swerve. Yeah. Which then threw it off balance and it hurtled down the tunnel, you know, into the post at, at 80 mile an hour. The, the the chap in the Uno who they later traced to a uh it was an uh, an immigrant. That's right. Had a dog in the passenger seat, right? Yeah. Just I'm just just pointing these things. I mean, yeah. there's a whole lot of other weird stuff, like the fact that the ambulance took God knows how long to get to the the hospital. And there's there's rumours. Let's just call them rumours that it stopped off on the way to the hospital. Um, all this kind of thing. But yeah, going going back to the Q Q thing, Charlie. It's there's just always so much more going on, isn't there? Yeah. And the, the thing is, is like, I'm a bit like a naughty little boy that's been locked in his parents' bedroom. I've been locked down for four months now, pretty much. Like, I work in the Middle East, but I can't travel there. Um, so I start looking in cupboards that I shouldn't look in. I'm looking in drawers that I shouldn't look in. I'm finding stuff I never thought was there. And I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm absolutely loving it because it's saving my boredom. And I haven't turned my telly on. I turned it on the other day just to watch um, the football. But even the football without a crowd is a bit boring now. Um, it's, look, it's been an amazing journey, and I've learned so much. about. Look, I started this journey four months ago with 37 subscribers. For some reason, people have connected. And I, I went over 60,000 yesterday. I think it was over 60. I looked this morning, 62,000 or something. That's incredible for a 60-year-old granddad who's got no experience in presenting or anything. I'm just giving my view. Like, Sorry? I think, like me, Charlie, it's the devastating good looks. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. I was told the other day I've got a face that looks lived in. Whatever that means. <laughs> Who by? <laughs> by somebody that was watching us. But uh, now you and I, look, we've, we've had some fun in our lives. We've had a roller coaster. I remember the days I had 15 years where I was thought I was sponsored by Dyson. Uh, I was just uh, having, you know, importability every night of my life. And it was an amazing time. In fact, that was the last time I was in hospital. I had two weeks on a bender uh, with a group of girls that were over. And, um, I was out all night champagne, cocaine and partying and then working in the daytime and I, I didn't go to bed for two weeks. 
And then when they all buggered off home, I was found unconscious and taken into hospital. Um, and apparently, I'd ripped the shit out of the magnesium and calcium and everything in my body, and all, all the minerals were shot to pieces. And um, even even that, I escaped after a week, with, and I was running down the road with my drip because they wouldn't they wouldn't let me out. I said, "No, I'm fine. Let me get back to normal life and let me look after my body." And eight years ago. I turned from being a bit of a naughty boy to being a, a better behaved boy because I got together about nine years ago now with my wife, who's a, an international gymnast for many, many years, international in her own country and then in the circus for another 10 years. So she looks after her body, her body's a temple, and she sort of gradually convinced me I need to look after mine. And it, your body's an amazing thing. Once you start looking after it, it'll look after you. And I've learned eating healthy food, and we eat everything, everything is fresh in the house now. Fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, fresh everything. And it makes a massive difference. Eating good food. One point I'm going to make that you made earlier, which I loved about all these vaccines and stuff like that. In my little journey, one of my favorite pieces of information that I absolutely love is that if you get a lemon and make sure there's no wax on it, because all the modern lemons are covered in wax, but make sure there's a an organic or uh, a normal lemon without any protection on it. Put it in the freezer, and then grate it in the morning and put it on a salad or put it into something, just eat it. 400 times stronger than chemotherapy for, uh, for, for curing cancer. And then you start digging around doing a bit of research and you find out that Bill Gates tried to patent the lemon 10 years ago because he realised it was a threat to his, his vaccine. And you can't, I, I laugh for, for a whole day just thinking about the principle that he tried to patent a lemon. And I just came up with the theory, he's a lemon. Yes, again, this goes back to what I was saying. Lemon and lime are the only, yeah. the only two fruit that are alkalising on the body. All the, other, all the other fruit is loaded with sucrose, which is just a yeah. form of sugar. Sugar, yeah. obviously highly acidic, hence why it rots, rots our teeth, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Gosh, we're all getting there. But this is all stuff that's been hidden from us, Charlie, all of our lives. They tried to kill us, you know? I, I agree with you totally, because a lemon doesn't cost anything. I mean, we... A lemon? Yeah, we tried to kill ourselves as well, but, you know, that's, a, that's yeah. another... Yeah, that's another... Exactly. But if you a lemon, a lemon with water and bicarbonate of soda at night before you go to bed puts your body in an alkaline state. And it also means that the virus and cancers can't exist. They can't thrive. Yeah. Now, let's just talk about Boris, because I remember an interesting thing. I don't know if you clocked this, Charlie, but the, this kind of Luciferian doctrine agenda seems to make people it seems to give them little tasks that they've got to go and do if they want to you know get their permission in the pyramid yeah and often it involves this uh, a, a ritual humiliation which is your celebrity breaking down in public or running onto a oscar ceremony or a music ceremony and trying to grab the award off another you know, off another uh, mm -hmm. uh, another member, let, let's say. Yeah. 
And don't ask me why they do it. I, it's the same as that the, the seem to make men, particularly black men, wear women's dresses on television and, and in, a, in, a, in a film. And if you think that sounds crazy, folks, just 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 Google it and click yeah. images. And yeah. it, it's a, it's very bizarre, right? Yeah. But going back to this kind of humiliation thing, before that shooting in Las Vegas which was at um, a hotel. And the hotel was called the Mandalay Hotel, right? Yep, that's right. And I'm not making any claims here not, because this isn't the platform to do so, but it was in the run-up the few days before that Boris was in Mandalay. It's, it's Burma, isn't it? Mandalay, yeah. Yeah. He was... So he was there in Burma. So I'm just looking at my my map. Um, yeah, he's there in Burma on an official visit, and he visited some sort of um, st statue, I think it was. And he was there with the British ambassador. Um, again, sorry if I haven't got the specifics right. My memory's probably not what it used to be. <laughs> um, but and what they're rocking up to this on this official engagement and Boris starts reciting is it the Kipling poem on the poem on the road to Mandalay yeah which if I understand correctly in this day and age would come across as quite uh, British colonial racist right yeah and this the ambassador to goes like almost sort of yeah nudges him in the elbows and goes shut up like like yeah. that, and you see Boris go, you know, do his usual. Yeah. Well, interesting because again, part of the Luciferian agenda is is you have to put out in public what you're going to do before yes. you do it. So if you're going to commit uh, a certain act on the public, you have to put it in their faces first. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you can't do it. I don't know what happens if someone challenges that act. Whether that means they can't go ahead with their, their you know, their, their, their power play. But, but anyway, so there's a couple of things going on there. One, it could have been pure coincidence. Of course, of course, it could, right? Um, two, it, it could have been this humiliation, like this humiliation thing I, i'm just coming up with with ideas i'm not saying this is what i believe right sure. no, no, no. three it could have been the the putting it in plain sight thing that i've just talked about yeah but lo and behold what happens to boris the next year or what becomes prime minister of the uk like his little pat on the head yeah. reward right but yeah. then of course then of course going back relating it back to the queue there's another um, possibility is that he was kind of giving a bit of a warning there, right? Yeah, chucking a, 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 a you know a, a clue out for the masses. Um, it, it's all it's all fascinating, and I, I love talking to somebody like yourself who has a military mind because I would have overlooked that until somebody points out and you go, yeah, do you know what that makes a lot of sense? Um, and one thing that's that discussion between people like you and I um, is doing now is, is making sense of what's going on. 
Um, and one thing I've learned with trying to make a puzzle, in the box that I've got, I've got probably the pieces of three or four puzzles. And some pieces seem as if they fit, but they're not right. And some pieces fit and they're upside down. So you need to get people with a clear mind and a clear perspective to make sure you've got the right picture. And that's what I'm trying to do by talking to everybody, is try and make out what the picture is. And it's incredibly difficult because of the smoke, the mirrors, the deceit, the fact that mainstream have an agenda and they have a, a mandate to stick to their story. It's difficult. With regard to Boris, I know that it was a critical part for him to be in power. And I've, I've said in the, in, in the whole conversation before, um, the day we start thinking our votes matter, it's amazing. Like for, for years, I've, I've assisted in moving currency around the world to make sure that certain people get into power, comes from certain countries. I never dreamt that it was that they had so much control over the UK and America as well. You know, they told they told me six years ago they were going to get Trump into power before he was even in the running. Really, there was all part of a master plan, and it's, it's a military operation. And if I'm to believe them, they're ahead of the game right now. And that's that's come directly from somebody who I know. Are we allowed to kind of outline who these people are without? Yeah, he's, a, he's an ambassador for the US. So he's of a good standing. I've known him for 12 years. Maybe more. I say 12 years because of the fact that I've known him for a considerable amount of time before I met my wife. I said that I said 12 years the other day, and the guy said, no, 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 mate, we've known each other 19 years. I went, okay. But there's a period of life before I met my wife when the years sort of blended into one. So uh, time, time was uh, time was uh, uh, was different in those days. Because we have to remember that JFK gave, you know, no disrespect, especially in the, the light of the current, you know, Black Lives Matter situation. No disrespect to Martin Luther King, but it was JFK that warned of the deeper, darker agenda, wasn't it? In his famous it's so haunting that speech that I did wonder if it was faked, you know, whether it was some sort of voiceover somebody had done. But when he's talking about there are people amongst us that don't have, our, I'm paraphrasing, but they don't have our best interests at heart. They work to their own agenda, you know. Um, That's something that I did some research on recently because. I was gobsmacked to find out that the people who funded Black Lives Matter is George Soros and the Clinton Foundation. I thought, well, they're not black. And then all the money that comes out of Black Lives Matter goes to the Joe Biden campaign. I went, I don't remember him being black either. And it starts ringing alarm bells. Why are they doing it? And then the other thing I, I, I dislike, uh, every life matters. And the reality is, Chris, I've travelled all over the world like you have. There's not one black lad I don't like. In fact, the only black lads I don't like work in, in government, mainly. Um, but every normal human being I, I get on great with, whether they're Indian, whether they're black, whether they're Chinese, Japanese, 
Russian. It doesn't matter to me. They're just human beings. I don't, I don't see the colour as being an issue. And on the odd occasion, on the odd occasion, I'll get some black guy that's got, and they normally come from England, born in England. They've got a big chip on their shoulder. And if they've got a big chip on their shoulder, I just point out and say, well, maybe you, know, maybe you are right. Maybe you are different to me. I've got nothing against black people, nothing against any race of people in the world. And I've said it a few times as a joke. I said, if you want to look for all the naughty black people, they're nearly all in gangs. If you want to look for the naughty white people, they're all in parliament. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it's just so obvious to the outside informed observer this is order out of chaos isn't it you know it lock everybody up then create an incident which ordinarily wouldn't probably wouldn't have made the, the television in the old days it would have been hidden hidden from the tv you know um thrust it out on all the mainstream channels and then watch everybody rip themselves to pieces again the people that control the history control the future. So this is all the statues being ripped down. I'm not saying, you know, you know, we got quite a few, well, we got at least two very famous slave traders come from Plymouth, right? Yeah. And there's statues, there's even wine bars named after these guys. And I always think that's just like... You're in Plymouth. How arrogant can you be to name your wine bar after the most prolific slave trader in the world? And that's what, what we had in Plymouth, right? And so, of course, nobody agrees with that. But, uh, the, you know, we have to be careful because history is written by the winners anyway. And without going too deep into that, again, because of the platform we're on, people would be so surprised if if they... If they, if they knew our real history and not this sham that, that, that we, we spout as if we're all freaking heroes, you know, um, you'd understand how the power balance in the world is maintained yeah. until, until we question that history and we ask for facts instead of just drama and name calling. Yeah. I, you know, our, our children as uh, their future's doomed, you know. I'm going to mention one name um, that I've met in my life that was completely different as a person from what the mainstream media told us about to what he was as a, as a man, as a human being. And I had the privilege of meeting him in Dubai, and that was Osama bin Laden. I know, I still know his family. The man is six foot seven tall had a quiet, beautiful way about him. Very humble and just a very nice man. I mean, a really, really nice man. I was in shock after leaving his company. Um, number one, by his height, but number two, by his kindness and generous, generosity of spirit as a man. Where you come from, your religion, the faith, that's all made to divide us. Um, and it, that, again, I've had a number of debates in the Middle East because my wife is Muslim, I'm Christian. They were saying, oh, you can't marry her you know, unless you're a Muslim. I said, it doesn't say that in the Quran. It doesn't say it in the Bible. That's made up rules by man. 
And you see all these rules that are made up by man to divide it. When, when you and I grew up, we had uh, Protestants were fighting Catholic in Ireland. Same Bible, same God, different perspectives. So I've got to kill you. What's a load of bollocks? And then you've got the, the, the battle between Christian and Muslim, the battle between Sunni and Shia. All these different things, man-made creations, complete man-made creations. Um, I don't believe in religion. I'm going to be brutally honest. I was born and brought up in a very strict cult, um, but uh, I don't believe in it. I believe in faith. I believe in karma. Mm. Yeah, I've been involved in some cults, not 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 intentional. Well, you don't get into a cult intentionally, no, but exactly. when, when you see some of the structures, some of the very popular structures in our society actually work along the lines of, you know, if you get made to be afraid to leave an organisation, that's a cult tactic, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. You face mass, uh, you know, mass public flogging by your peers for, for having a disagreement, you know, for dis having a different opinion. That's a cult. And that can't, if you think think about that, then applies to quite a few institutions that we, we kind of laud. Um, yes, the whole Osama thing was interesting because, of course, while we, the events in New York were taking place, he was in the American hospital in, was it Dubai? Yeah. Um, if, the, if the media was to be believed, I don't mean the mainstream now, I'm saying that it was in some, was it a magazine that he was had very ill with, with I think it was kidney problems. Yeah. And he was in the American hospital in Dubai being looked after. Um, and then we had that situation where they had a no-fly zone after what I call what happened in New York. And yet amongst the first people allowed to leave was the Bin Laden family. Was the, 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 the if you, if you believe your mainstream, the biggest suspects in in the yeah. biggest atrocity of all of, of our modern times were allowed yeah. to just get on a plane and fly out the country. Anyway, I don't want. To. Well, they were business partners with the Bushes, and that's very public knowledge, anyway. Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, well, I've learned some wonderful things from the Islamic world, Charlie. Uh, they're, they're, they're great people. It's good and bad in everything. Yeah, in everything. It really is that situation where they give you when you're traveling in these parts of the world, they give you their bed and they sleep on the floor, yeah. right? Be yeah. unheard yeah. of in the UK. Unheard of to take a complete stranger off the street with a different skin color, invite them into your home, feed them your best food, and this these are places that don't have a lot of money. Yeah, totally. And then give them your bed and then tell them they're welcome back at any time and please, please stay, please stay, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just another couple of silly things. We got a rule in our family, you never play with food. You either eat it or you don't, that's it, right? Same, same, same. And we do that, and I learned that from, from traveling in, in exactly right. I learned that traveling in, in the Middle East because when food is a scarcity and it is a gift from God or nature or whatever your thing is, right? And there's children dying because they haven't got any of that food and, and, and adults dying, starving to death. You don't be like, you see these TV programs and YouTube channels where they just lay out a whole banquet and then destroy it. And it, 
all gets put, oh. all gets put in the bin. It's wrong. In in our culture, we don't understand what a crime, you know, what an absolute crime that is to be smug, making a two minute blooming YouTube video and destroying all this this food. Yeah. Um, even like they wouldn't throw a, you know, when you say Charlie, chuck us a bread roll, and we will, we will just do that without thinking. They, they won't. They wouldn't. Do that. They respect life so much, right? And also, and we're not talking about you know radical extremists here, of course. No. And the other thing is, you could be in the poorest village, say in Mozambique, which is yeah. an Islamic country. Yeah. And the kid, right, will get his bread rolled out, and the first thing he does is break it in half and gives you Correct. half, right? I'm trying to get that adopted with my son, you know. That, that philosophy, but he, he's fine, but he's in this Western thing of break off the little breadcrumb and they are dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so now my, my wife is, is Muslim, but non-practicing. Her mother lives with us, is Muslim, but, but practices. Mm. And uh, just to keep her company, because she looks after our house, you know, I'm very blessed. Uh, all the food is provided, it's stunning food. And my wife's originally from Turkey. That's why when you did the interview with Robbie, she fell in love because Robbie's wife is, is a percentage Turkish as well. So he loved that. So with, with regards to the food, um, everything's provided in the house. She looks after us. But I also, instead of her being alone during Ramadan, eating at night alone and eating early hours of the morning, I, I'm a bit like you. I love the mornings. So I'd get up in the morning. And uh, at four o'clock in the morning, and have breakfast with her. And I'd try and do Ramadan. But then my wife stopped me after a week because I was an absolutely grumpy so and so because I wasn't getting enough food. But I was trying to do it out of respect and to keep her company. But I still did it when I ate in the day, but uh, discreetly. But uh, it was important to, to show respect. And I think this is something that we all need to learn right now with every culture in the world and every color in the world is the word respect. For the other human beings that are out there, it doesn't matter what religion they are, it doesn't matter what color they are. You know, with respect, white people, the minute the sun comes out, try and look black. And black people try and look white, as Michael Jackson taught us. But so we're just all human beings. And there's once we learn to respect each other on that level and don't play into the narrative that's going on out there, the political narrative, to divide us, which then makes us easier to control. Divide and rule, divide and conquer. Um, because if we all rose up together against the government, they'd be in trouble. So if we're divided, it makes us easier to manage. Yeah, this I think we need to elucidate on our terminology here, though, mate, because government, full stop, puppets for the sociopathic yep. rich bloodline families that have been controlling the narratives for thousand you know going back to the pyramids right back in their day they used to sacrifice people and that would keep the population terrified and they would yeah. you know and they would control through their um false religion you know their their their, their religious leaders that would come up with this mickey mouse story and the people would, would kind of believe it and not a lot has changed there uh, with respect to to um 
you know, a lot a lot of people's beliefs in the, in 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 the world. But yeah, it's it's above the government, Charlie, isn't it? It's understanding that they fulfil one role. That's to give you the illusion that you live in a democracy. And yeah. George Carlin would say, you don't. And they don't like you to get over yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. George Carlin, right, I, I read this quote the other day. It really made me chuckle. He said, if you think that the average man is not that smart, well, just think that 50% again are even more stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I will hold my hand up and say, you know, before the events in New York, I, I was that person, you know, I used to, I used to, I probably started questioning things just because I've, I've been through my sort of drug phase then and I've been in combat and, and, and maybe, you know, all the seeds were sort of sown in my life to, to, to be a thinker, but it really took that mass event for me to go, huh, what? Yeah, hang on a second. Someone's not telling the truth, and that 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 was my kind of introduction to the rabbit hole, I suppose. Yes, and I think also again, I'm very privileged because of who I work with to actually know people who are actually involved in it. Um, so, because they led me to it in the first place. And so this is our source of information. It's very interesting also that Donald Trump right now is setting up a very similar system based on Cuba. Instead of one outlet, he's actually going to have seven outlets for information so that seven different people can uh, form their own opinion based on the facts uh, and that they're all digital media people in America. So people that have got a following, they will be given the information from within. So you'll have a choice of seven different because we can all say the same thing, but in a different way. We can understand it in a different way. So the Q is becoming more modified now to give it more of a diverse action, I suppose is the word, where... They'll put out the information instead of just to one source. They'll put it out to seven different sources. Um, it's a bit like TV channels. Instead of TV channels, it would go out to these digital warriors, as uh, as Trump calls them. Uh, and I'm I'm in contact with one of them right now. That we're getting information from them as well as Cuban. It's a lot easier to understand because it's not so uh, because there's not the risk of them being killed anymore like there was before. When we're, now, saying, when we're saying they, Charlie, I'm, I'm being told there's a focus on sort of high up military bots that, that, are, that are exposing this information. And is, is, is this what, what it's claimed? Um, the, the gentleman I speak to, I've done an interview with and I've recorded the whole thing, but I've been asked not to publish it just yet. He was a a pilot for the CIA from 1977 to 1980. And when he found out that they, every week when they were going backwards and forwards to Asia, to America, when he found out they were transporting heroin and hashish at the time, 
he decided to leave because he he wasn't comfortable with it. He decided to leave the CIA. But he was under the Official Secrets Act until 1999, 20 years. So in 1999, technically, he could have opened his mouth, but he realised that the Bushes and then the Clintons and then the Obamas were doing the same thing. So if he opened his mouth, he would land up dead. And I was the first person that he spoke publicly to, and I have the recording, but I'm not allowed to use it as yet. He has to get permission to do so because we covered a lot of areas that were incredible, absolutely incredible. Now, this man was a young man. He was 25 years old, 1977. He's now an old, a lot older man. But interestingly enough, Trump has gone to these people, and he's one of them, and he is one of the advisors to Trump on the CIA that's left. And these are the people that are working together behind the scenes, putting the information together for Q. Did you say can't go public? Did you say did you say it was the pilot that was working with Trump or or another? He is now working with Trump. He's now Trump has gone to the People who left the CIA for unknown reasons were giving honourable discharge, but they obviously you can't, they couldn't say anything then. And Trump has gone to all of those and got them all to find out what was actually going on in the CIA. And he's got hard, hard evidence because he's got people firsthand that were involved, but against their will or without knowing what they were transporting. Yeah, so they're, they're now working with the Q organisations to put them put the information together. So, yes, they're all military, nearly all military, all CIA operatives. Yeah, for anyone wishing to learn more about this, my my uh, friend, Sean Atwood, has written books on this this drug smuggling that they did in the Iran. It was all the in, in, interspliced with the Iran-Contra affair, wasn't it? And the crack epi- epidemic in um, which, which resulted. Basically, they flooded America so much coke that coke lost its value so they thought right how can we you know up up the stakes they are let's turn it into crack cocaine which they did which then had this uh, kind of addiction epidemic and then they all managed to blame it on one poor is it yeah the the, the guy whose name slips my mind now he's got the 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 nickname. They managed to blame the whole thing on on one guy on the drug side and uh, Colonel Oliver Norfolk. Pablo Escobar. No, it's uh, Ricky Freeway. Okay. Something. It was the yeah. it was allegedly. He's a guy that I think he warehoused a lot of the coke when it arrived in America, and he okay. he arranged for it to be uh, you know trans uh, the chemist to turn it into crack basically. But, of course, yeah. he's just one guy in a massive, you know, underground network. And, as I said, they managed to, like, put all the blame on him and he went off to prison for a number of years. And, and of course, Colonel Oliver North on, yeah. on, 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 the, on the government side. Um, but, yes. Yes, so going back to, to, to Q then, yeah. Sorry, Charlie, I didn't mean to... That's right. No, that's good. I, I love these chats because, you know, no disrespect, I, I, well, I won't say where I live, but I don't get to chat to fascinating people. No, you know, if I... Well, I just I just don't. I don't I don't know anyone that I can have this sort of conversation with. It's all on the internet, Charlie, you know, and... and sure. And that's what... This is why I started my... Um, 
YouTube channel really is is I wanted to have chats like this. So sorry if it sounds like I'm talking a lot, but no, I love it. I I, I loved watching you. I became aware of you obviously with the Robbie interview, and I just loved the chemistry of seeing two two men talk together with open hearts and honest honesty, and it's so refreshing against watching mainstream media to hear two people just talking. Because I used to love Piers Morgan, but the guy's got such a big mouth and talks over everybody. He's, he's more wrapped up in how wonderful he is and the narrative now rather than letting anybody talk. Comes from a heart, Charlie, you know? Exactly. Well, I think that comes across. It comes across to everybody that it's pure, it's unedited, and it's real. And people, people are connecting with people like you and I because they're sick and tired of the bullshit. Yeah. And I've, I've had this saying for right from day one, if it looks like shit and it smells like shit, there's a fairly good chance it's shit. What's, what, oh, yeah if, yeah, if it walks like a duck and it looks like a penguin, then it's probably a duck penguin. Yeah, I, 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 that, that, it's almost, some of it just seems so hard to believe, isn't it? I think anything's possible, so it's not, it's almost like it's not hard to believe, but if you just use your traditional head that you've had since you were, you know, a baby, I think this is how part of the way they play the game, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Q is, Q is just a, a source of information that comes from within without a shadow of a doubt. It's coming from within. Um, and up until two months ago, it was far more encrypted. In fact, two and a half months ago, and then suddenly I got a, a message from my, the, the man that I know saying, Charlie, we're past the critical point now. And then suddenly Q became a lot more easy to understand, which is interesting. Now the Q drops are pretty much laid out as to what's happening. Doesn't You don't need a, a military brain to work them out. But uh, it's, Q's days are virtually at the end now. Uh, we're in the latter days of it where Trump wants to have a number of sources of information coming out directly from him. And it's based on the, the theory that the mainstream media is, is, is not telling the truth. And he, so he, he's always reverted to Twitter, which has really annoyed the mainstream media because anything they say is derogatory, he puts them right on Twitter and it comes straight from him. Um, and the lovely thing with him is, unlike me, and I don't mind a gin and tonic at night, the guy doesn't drink. So he's not, or doesn't take a line as far as I'm aware. Um, but he just does it with a clear mind and puts such stuff out that it's absolutely loaded. Uh, I, I love what he's doing right now. Um, and I think also there's a very important point here, Chris. That the left has got us into this um, identity politics where we don't like his floppy hair, we don't like this. Let's look at what he's really done. Forget, forget whether you like the look of him. Forget if he grabbed a woman by the pussy when he was 20 years ago. I've said things a hundred times more worse than that. I promise you, when I've had a drink, I've said some horrible things. Not, not, not meaning it, just making silly comments, boys' comments. Look at what he's done. He hasn't gone to war against anybody since he's been in power four years. First president in 30 years to do that. I don't care if he's only rescued one child and one woman from trafficking, but he hasn't. Tens of thousands. He's rescued already. Trafficking that is now beginning to leak out into the media what's happening about the, the people he's rescued, but it comes out in ridiculously small papers. The mainstream media 
He's not publishing it. And then you suddenly notice in Holland, I don't know if you saw it, saw it in Holland two days ago, they published that 30,000 30, paedophiles have been arrested in Holland and Germany. But it's in the Telegraph, but it's not on the mainstream television. And how many people nowadays really read a newspaper? The numbers are dropping rapidly. So they're putting it out in sort of, all right, the Telegraph will probably say to me, oh, we're a big newspaper. No, you're not. It's not considered the rest of the world news. You're not on the mainstream news. You're not crashing through mainstream news. You're just coming out in a two-part paper in Holland that will be rolled up and made into a joint later on today. See, my jury is out. It all sounds wonderful, doesn't it, right? Sounds what a lot of us have been waiting for. But here's the thing. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Right? Q gives people power by by the the definition of they're doing this grand thing, putting this info into the public. If indeed it is a person, you know, if it's a group. But that that by definition then empowers these individuals. I'm not claiing here, folks. I'm just no, I agree with you. We live in a free freaking country and I'm allowed to talk. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to put anybody down or, or, or say Q doesn't exist. I'm, I'm just like if we can't discuss, then we're just going down someone else's narrative again. And that's what's got, got us to the problem where where we are. Right now. My, my questions would be what what is going to be done to the global financial system the you know the, the central banks which keep us all slaves the system of capitalism which clearly is just destroying the planet that the all for economic growth well you can shove your economic growth because I live in a beautiful part of the world I don't want to keep seeing bloody McDonald's restaurants in the nature right and that's what we're getting here right economic basically mean giving the capitalists what they want right so uh, uh, and again you you've got people going after these pedos and and, you know i wholeheartedly am obviously going to support that right yeah any way that i can but unless we're willing to address the root cause of why we've got so many in the world particularly in power yeah yeah, that's scary stop you know, don't let's not delude ourselves. We have a serious problem with the way we do business as human beings, right? Yeah. And I know it, it's early days for, 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 for whatever movement is going on, but it, it, I'm, I'm just trying to say, Charlie, for me, my jury is always out because otherwise I'm just signing up for someone else's agenda. And that's if I that's the problem that's got us here in the first place. Right. Um, what are they talking? I mean, is Trump going to give up his towers and, and sign all his, you know, sign over to doing a completely different way of business? that doesn't doesn't absolutely corrupt every single person. Um, I, that I don't know, but I, I'm very confident with what he's doing right now. And, I, and the one thing that he said that I hang on to is, is I'm going to give you back your God-given right for the freedom which has been taken from you. Now, what, going back to what you said earlier about power corrupting and an absolute power corrupting absolutely, um, I think now is the time when people wake up 
and we are in a, an awakening right now, that, yes, he may be bringing us into a better place, but it's people like you and me that need to hold him accountable that when we get to this better place, we stay in that better place and we don't slip back into what go from the frying pan into the fire. We need to keep focused on what he's doing. When I ask the question about this next election, because obviously we do a lot of work with the, with the elections, uh, I asked if he was going to be up against Joe Biden. And the answer came back, Charlie, this election will be like nothing you've ever seen before. And I said, well, will Trump still be in power? And they said, that would be his choice. If the job has been done, he'll be given the choice as to whether to continue or not. Now, you and I know about friendship between men. And the minute that he got together with Putin, I could see them two being the best of mates, and they are. They are the best of mates. Because Putin has what Trump wants, and Trump has what Putin wants. Putin wants world domination, and Trump wants 85% support of his own people. So they're, they're like two little boys trying to work out a plan. But they need people like you and I to hold them to account. The Q thing does seem to be sort of America-orientated, or is it just that I don't know enough about it? No, Q is America-orientated, but the alliance, which is behind Trump, is four main countries. America, Russia, China, and India. And when I say China, just be careful on the interpretation of that, because we're talking about Jing, Jing, uh, Jinping the president, whereas the, the government itself is the deep state, which is being removed right now and replaced as we speak with the Republic. And, uh, and let's just, let me interject then. What are they going to do about this Kazarian mafia that seems to control the whole show? I mean, I've, I've not heard any talk about, you know, who, the people, who are the deep state, who is... Con- can control. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know the fringe of the deep state. Obviously, the tentacles in in the intelligence ag- agencies own all the media. Um, you know, I I I I get that. I've no doubt that they're involved in in some dark agenda, which 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 permeates this 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 deep layer, which is why they they think on a different kind of level to the rest of us, but. You know, I, I'm always very sceptical of, you know, I want, I don't know what I want, Charlie, right? But these people JFK talked about, who who are they, you know? But the, deep, the deep state is a rebranding. It's, a, it's like Trump did with fake news from the word propaganda. Deep state, the old word for him before, before he came along was Illuminati. And they're the people who run the world. So we're talking about heads of royal families. We're talking about heads of government. We're talking about CIA operatives. We're talking about NATO. We're talking about the people at the top of a number of charities. We're talking about people in power. If you're looking at the three pillars of the Illuminati or the deep state, the three main pillars are the Federal Reserve, the British royal family, and the Vatican. So you have the money from the Federal Reserve and the Vatican, and you have the power. They're the three pillars of the Illuminati, 
or which is now called the deep state. And the tentacles come down from those three. Now, I know factually, factually, that the Pope was arrested and he's in house arrest. I know that as a fact. He's one of my security guys who used to work with you. He's actually looking after him in his holiday home, along with a number of others. Who, I know that 350. Who, Charlie? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Who? The Pope. The Pope. He was arrested many, uh, many weeks ago. Many, many weeks ago. He's been in his summer residence under guard for a long time now. Um, before Easter, and the speech was done from his house, not from the Vatican. Hence the cock up with the with the hologram that was done in the Vatican. There's been 350 members of the Vatican that have been arrested and taken away, and there has been a ridiculous amount of cash and gold taken out of the Vatican and documentation. The place has been completely empty, and I know that from the sources that. I deal with as to moving currency because the guys that I use have been, been working with them to do that. And that's all been removed. So we know that as factual evidence. With regard to factual evidence to, the, to Buckingham Palace, the Queen has gone into, um, into voluntary quarantine indefinitely. What's that mean? Quarantine is 40 days. What does that mean? Is that house arrest, you mean? But, you know, she's involuntary uh, quarantine indefinitely. Just That doesn't make sense. And then you suddenly say Prince Andrew stepped down from main role. Not hearing anything from Prince Charles. And then Harry and Meghan disappear in a hurry. And then Buckingham Palace is all boarded up. And we've had witnesses go there and tell us, Charlie, it's boarded up. And then the, um, the household cavalry are not there. You've got the Gurkhas and the Air Force who are manning it. That doesn't make sense. And then suddenly the crown is knocked off the gate. No, it was knocked off by a lorry. Chris, lorries don't go through the front gate of Buckingham Palace. Never have done, never will do. They always go in the tradesmen's entrance. I've been, so through, stuff, the gate. I've been through the gate of the palace. Yeah, but you deserve to. But you don't go in the lorry, did you? No, I, I, I'm, it's a little joke, Charlie, because when we were Boy Scouts, you know, I was yeah. six years old or something, we went on a trip, to, a week-long trip to London, and that's a big thing for us Southerners, right? And yeah. uh, at one stage, they actually opened up that gate, the, the front gates that you see, the ceremonial. Yeah. Yeah. And our bus drove in, park, parked in the parade square. Yeah. And uh, out we got, and we watched the changing of the guard or something, right? Um, Amazing! I love the royal royal family. I, I, I love people being born into privilege and leading me because I'm useless. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just making that point because when you're a five year old, six year old Cub Scout, it was all quite a. Uh, it was all quite oh, special. Oh. When you're a fifty year old ang angry old man, it's all a load of phony but. <laughs> No, I loved what John Cleese used to say. When you said that, it made me laugh a little bit. John Cleese used to say, you know, out of a million seamen, you were the one that survived. You were born a winner. So what you do with your life is up to you. If it goes wrong, it's your fault. Nobody else's. You were born a winner. And what we've had to learn is, is what it is we have. We've all got something special, Chris. But sometimes we struggle to find what it is. Yeah. And... Uh, we're all, we're, you know, we're all, everybody in this world. Uh, yeah, it, 
I don't know how you get to that point, Charlie, because I, I, I'm there. I know I am because sure. I'm a child of this universe. I'm made up of carbon molecules or whatever. That, that's all I am. And when, when, when do you accept that? Life done I've become an awful lot simpler, right? Also, you and I have hit the bottom before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was asking someone this question the other day. Do you need to hit that rock bottom in order to springboard off and find this enlightenment? I, I don't know. I'd love to think you can impart as a parent to your offspring the right teachings for them to grow grow up with this I don't know if you want to call it a Christ-like understanding of, 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 of the world. Um, but it is, it's what you said. Our, our ancestors are, mir- you know, we are miracles of evolution. Yeah. Our ancestors have been through famine, plague, yeah. scarcity, ice ages, right? Your DNA, well, I did an 18-day water fast, right? Okay. That, that raised a few eyes, eyebrows, right? 18 days without food is nothing. You can do 40, right? I think Bobby Sands um, did something like 50, 57 um, in his uh, in his um, protest. Um, yeah, that's good. I'm not suggesting we'll we'll do water fasts here or anything, but. The point is, the reason we can do that is our ancestors would have had to have been able to do that to get through periods of scarcity, right? All this stuff, again, has been hidden. But for us to still be here, sat having this conversation today, means all this is in our DNA. Of course. And yet we've been lied to and told, for example, you have to eat three times a day or you're going to be a bad human. You know, you're going to break down. So... Um, you can see now, hopefully, through what I'm saying to our friends at home, why I'm my jury's always going to be out on the whole um, political sphere. Because while we've still got politics, it's it's never going to be good. While we're still pushing the capitalist system and the central banking system and the the phony democracy. It ain't going to be good. I'm not saying it can't change gradually, but power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Politicians yep. don't love you. They don't work for you. They work for these sociopaths. And until we start digging out these root, roots and, and, and re-educating people, I just can't see any positive change. Well, I... Well, maybe I can just uh, share my positivity with you because I've never felt as peaceful in my life and as restful as I am right now, ever. Um, because of the fact that there's a lot of stuff I can't talk about publicly yet, that not only do I know, but I actually believe because I'm seeing everything they've told me is happening. And if it continues the way it's going, then I should be very, very happy. But I'm watching like a hawk. Um, to see what's happening because I'm, you know, the jury's still out, and I've often said, and I'll say it again: I'm not the Messiah; I'm just Charlie. This is my view, based on the information I've got. But for some reason, I've got a peace that I've never ever had before. Mm-hmm. 
knowing that good is actually overcoming evil. And it's a lovely feeling. And I have that feeling too, Charlie. And, I, and, and we're not alone, are we? I'm speaking to a lot of people that are sensing this, this nice, like a buzz, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, Especially the spiritual people. Yes. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, like, like the first thing when I chatted to Rob, he said, you live in paradise and it's in your head. And I'm like, yes, it is. Right. That, that's just what it is. It's not, right. a, it's not a new age thing. It's not a, a, a throwaway line. It's like, I have to, because I was dying of addiction. And if I didn't sort it out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be a good father for my son, right? Sure. It's not, I'm not trying to be clever. I've created paradise in my head mm -hmm. through gratitude of this amazing planet, through love of all people, through utter acceptance of myself, right? Yeah. And you do those things, and it, plus you eat an alkaline diet. You try it, folks. You can't get unhappy, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm not saying I don't have challenging days. Have one yesterday, actually, but while I'm in that challenge, I'm still the most grateful person, knowing that it's just a you know it's it's all just temporary. So well, I we, I completely agree, Charlie. But my question would be: is it's all well and good being the spiritual guy and putting out this positive white energy into the universe, right? And this seems to be what it all a lot of what the bible says but could that just be a game to get people you know to move people into inaction um, i just go with how i feel inside and i've got people around me that i can recalibrate my moral compass with and that's important to have because our, our moral compass has been out of sync. And I think you have to trust what's inside you. And sometimes you have to go back to a childlike state to get back to your compass as to where is right and where is wrong. One example that I use a lot is uh, if you leave in a boat from New York and you're only one degree out and you're heading to Ireland, when you arrive across the Atlantic, you're not in Ireland. You're not even in England, you're in France. By one degree out. And when you leave, it doesn't seem like you're a wrong way out. And when you, your compasses can be a little bit out to start with, don't feel anything. Then suddenly, a few years down the line, you're so far away from where you should be at, you've got to reset it. It's a good thing to reset your compass with friends. Friends who have a... I have a number of good friends who have a good moral compass. And they, re, they help me recalibrate mine. So that when I look at situations, I make intelligent, informed choices. Because there are many different perspectives on the same thing. And when you do that, no. No, 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 you finish. When you do that, you get a certain peace because you, you look at it with the correct view. It's like looking at the Mediterranean out of my window here. And looking at it as a diver from 20 meters below, same body of water, different perspective, understand the different perspective, understand the truth. When you understand truth, then everything else comes becomes so much clearer. If you're in a muddy puddle looking around, the more you look around, the more muddier it gets, the worse it gets. Mm. Yes. 
How do we get on top of our egos? Get yeah. married. Your wife will keep you right in order, especially if she's from Turkey. She just stuck her head in the door just now. I always tease her. I say, you're 95% perfect, 5% terrorist. It's the 5% I love. She keeps she keeps my, keeps my ego. When I met her, my ego was always, the, you know, Charlie Big Bananas. It always was. Um, because I had deep pockets. She's, she's made me humble. And also, I think when I lost my son, uh, my oldest son in a car accident, that, that was a great leveller. And God bless me with my wife who came along eight, nine years ago with a two-year-old boy. I didn't make him, but I didn't nature him. I nurtured him. And uh, I've been very blessed. I think you need to understand what we do have rather than what we don't have. Interesting you made a comment about having a bad day yesterday. Um, I had a bad day yesterday. Um, I had to go up to the cemetery to find out that uh, the grave that my son was buried in had collapsed. And that's a very emotional moment. That I have to deal with that and uh, put things right. And it, it, it throws all kinds of emotions into you, which are distressing, painful, um, not nice, just not nice. Seeing, you know, seeing the grounds collapse. He's been, uh, he's been down there for 11 years, so that it's a reality that Goffin's collapsed. Not, not, not a nice experience. But we all have tests, and it's how we deal with that test um, that makes us as a man. And that helps to reset your compass, that keeps you humble, keeps you very humble. Yeah, it's a real good human quality, isn't it, to, to do what's right? It just yeah. isn't. And to that point where it's okay, if I die doing what's right, then then that that's that's how it has to be. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, how do you... We can talk about something else if you prefer, but how, how do you get over what you've been through? It, it, that's my only... I, I don't want to say fear, because it's not really a fear, but it... You know, I'm very philosophical about death. We don't go anywhere. We can't, you know, how can these molecules go anywhere? They're just going to go into, you know, different form of life. And the universe is beautiful. And I, I, I try to believe that we're universe first and we're these separate entities second. It's almost yeah. as if you, if you had a rock talking to a rock, you'd think it was utterly ridiculous that that rock thinks it's got a, personality and it's individual no this rock i've got person i mean it's like no dudes you're just rocks we're just yeah. you know we're made out of exactly the same stuff those rocks are right so that's that, that that that's all well and good but to go through what you know you've been through do, do you have some sort of philosophy i think it's very much like a military soldier who loses an arm or a leg you learn to live with it you never get over it you learn to live with it. And then, then what you have to do is realise what we actually do have rather than focusing on what we don't have. You know, I still have two, two, two sons and I have a daughter. I have three grandsons. I have one granddaughter. I have a beautiful wife. I have a house. Um... I have a roof over my head, you know. Focus on what we do have rather than what we don't have. It's very easy to focus on what you've lost. And yes, it was very painful, very painful. 
It's not something you ever get over. It's not something you ever want to get over, I'll be honest with you. You just learn to live with it. Um, and I always look back. I look back at, funny enough, a concert I went to of Robbie Williams with, with my son. And uh, we were invited to the after party with Robbie. And he didn't show up, which was a bit of a shame. He, he disappeared. And we'd heard from one of his security, he disappeared with Nicole Kidman. I thought, wow, what's he doing with her? And then a couple of weeks later, out came the song, um, Something Stupid, that he duetted with her. Um, so that made a lot of sense there. But at the time, I was like, oh, what do you have to go and go off with her for for the night? I want to see. You know, that was just one of those moments. But, uh, but that, that was uh, my son and I went to a number of concerts. Um, which we used to thoroughly enjoy as father and son. We had a great relationship, and I, I miss him because he was he was an absolute character, um, a very successful boy. Um, did very very well, but lost his way with drugs, alcohol, and women, sadly. But, um, and then you know his, his accident. He, he was had a car accident, which uh, took his life. Um, your your, grand, your grandchildren, Charlie. Are they are they his. His children or is one, it? one is yeah, Alessandro who lives in Boca Raton in Florida. He's his son, and Alessandro was eighteen months old when uh, when his father, my uh, my firstborn son, was taken from us. And Alessandro is the most adorable child. Um, my son would be so proud, so proud. Does that give you a, like a fearless factor, Charlie? When we're talking about what we're talking about, yeah. 100%. I've got no fear of death, none whatsoever. That, that sometimes can be scary, Chris, because I think if you want to take my life, well, I've had threats. I've had a number of threats. And they said, you know, I said, have a go. Because if you do, then I'm just going to be with my oldest son. Quite simple. And I don't, I don't have any feeling of fear. And that was a bit scary at times when, um, uh, when you get certain threats. Um, but it's quite funny that when somebody threatens you, to take your life and you go it doesn't really matter suddenly the fear changes it moves from me back to them and they shit themselves they go i'm up against a psychopath here mm. and they they walk away and they're like he's mad because this is something i've learned as well the media control us by fear the government control us by fear but if you're not scared like you and me they don't quite know what to do with this because we're supposed to be scared. And that scares them. And the population, can, our fellow humans control us by fear, Charlie, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's it's sad to see. I mean, I come from, as you, you know, I was in the service community. It was a long time ago now, but still get guys my age when they come on my podcast, there's things they won't say because they're all worried what everyone else will think about them. And that, that's why these people yeah. have us by the balls, isn't it? You know, and... You, you I had somebody ask me, was I worried about my reputation? <laughs> At 60 years old, mate, that's the last thing on my mind is my reputation. All yeah. I'm doing is, is telling my truth. That's it. You like it, you don't like it, it doesn't matter. For some reason, th from 37 subscribers to over 60 or 62,000, 63,000, it's unbelievable for me. Unbelievable. 
I just I can't even work it out. But uh, I'm getting over, over a thousand messages a day, and I'm struggling to cope with it. But it's it's ninety nine percent of them are lovely, and you'll get the old troll coming, and even trolls. Robbie must have hundreds of trolls, thousands of trolls. All they try and do is just try and discredit you, but they they hide their identity. They try and make you scared, and it's like doesn't bother me one little bit. I think it's funny. I think it, I feel sorry for them. They obviously don't have a life. Yeah, I don't really get trolled. I, well, I haven't got the subscribers you've got. But if anyone, I just, my deal's really easy. Come on my podcast. If you got, if you want to come on my podcast, you, everyone yeah. is welcome. If, if you think anything I'll say is disingenuous, no, you can tell us now. You can tell your podcast and tell me, tell me what it is about me that's disingenuous, and and I'm I'm more than welcome because sure. um, because we need to stop this attacking people. Sure. On online because it's a form of illness for all of us. You know, it it's is. not the way. It's not the way to do business. Is leaving a, a comment as an anonymous person, and then all that that's doing is putting a like a negative energy out there, isn't it? Well, they feed off it. They feed off it. They feed off fear. Like the governments, like the mainstream media, like the trolls, they're all the same. They all feed off making people scared. And the minute you try and front them up, they disappear. But I've decided that I'm not even going to bother feeding their fear. I'll just ignore them. Um, I don't have the time. I have a, I have, my time is dedicated to people that need my help. Um, and need to relay their fears because I'll tell you for nothing, fear is a bigger killer than anything else that we that's going on right now. Yeah, very much so. And let let's close off. Let's talk about the the can we say the new king of England? Is that right? I want to get this very clear with. Uh, you probably know from my videos that I'm very good friends with Jack Kidd. He and I have been friends for a number of years. And whilst we were doing this investigation, he came along to me, and Jack is a lovely, lovely guy. And he said, Charlie, I think we need to investigate this guy, Gregory Hallett, Joseph Gregory Hallett. And I said, who is it? He said, he's, he's claiming to be the new King John III of England. So I said, what? He said, yeah, that's what his claim is. He said, I think we need to investigate him. So I said, okay. So um, Jack made contact with him and we arranged to do a chat. So we did a chat and I said, look, from my point of view, I'm a, a bloke that's locked up. I want something to investigate, something to do to keep me occupied. So we did a bit of investigation. Then we found out there was, a, there was, there was something that made an awful lot of sense, but there was also a lot of bits that didn't. So we did an investigation. Then one of my other friends, David Mahoney, who's a film producer, he said to me, Charlie, he said, I'd like that story. He said, I'd love to do a documentary on it. I said, well, why, why don't you, why don't you, we plan to do that? So David Mahoney and Lee Dawson, are both good friends of mine, they decided that they'd go over to England. I said, look, boys, just, 
this is new to me, but go and see if you can find out what's true. Find out the truth about what's going on because this might be the biggest story in history or it might be a complete load of bollocks. We'll go and have a find out. And I'm, I'm honest with everybody now. I'm an open book with this one. Is it true? Is it not true? There's certain things that made me think it is. There's certain things that made me think it's not. At the moment, I'm not even going to make up my mind until I've got all the facts. Then I, then I can make it based on facts. Can you give so us they a, went over. Sorry. For, for our friends at home, can you just give us a little soundbite about what we're talking about? Well, Gregory Hallett um, believes he's had this calling because the one thing that in my research, when I checked, and most people know in the United Kingdom that the Queen and Prince Philip, as much as we love them, and I do, and I've never met them, but I have met Princess Anne, I thought the world of her. But as a royal family, I like them. But then you also find that they're not the most monogamous family in the world. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that even, I think, even with the Queen, I think Prince Andrew is Lord Porchester's son. And then you go back and you find out that Prince William is King Wang Carlos's son and Prince Harry was James Hewitt's son. Is it conspiracy theory? Is it fact? I don't know. I wasn't there to witness it. Um, but there is there's that theory. And then you can find out that Princess Anne was unfaithful with Mark Phillips. Prince Charles was unfaithful when he was with Diana with Camilla. Um, Prince Andrew was unfaithful with men and women and Prince Edward was unfaithful as well. That's, they're not the most faithful family. And you go back generations, you have to go back 350 years to find a monogamous generation, which is crazy. So the Queen, I think we, we all know that she came from the German line, but they changed their name from Co Saxon Coburg to Windsor. And most people know Prince Philip was Greek. So... That, that sort of all played into the, the process of let's have a look at it. Let's have a little look and see what the truth is. Um, so we sent a team over to try and investigate what the truth is. And then when, when they all started moving out and this sort of thing, it sort of played into the narrative. Or was it coincidence? It might be coincidence, but I don't know. I really don't know. I, you know, I love the Queen. And I think she's been one of the most monumental rocks the United Kingdom's had for a very long time. Um, she's a person I looked up to as a leader, but was she in a bloodline? Was she not? Is it supposed to be a bloodline? Is it spiritual? What is it? Do we need a royal family? I don't know. That's I don't know. I like the idea. I'm a royalist. I like the idea. Um, and I was speaking to a spiritualist yesterday um, who said to me that King John III, Gregory Hallett, is not the solution. He's part of the solution. And I thought that was interesting. So the jury's still out with me, Chris. And I'll be honest with you, whether he's king, queen or not, I'll still be Charlie Ward at the end of it. The world will still keep spinning, no doubt. Well, but it's a lot of fun to investigate something like that where somebody says to you, and they trust me to go into it like you would do, Chris. You're, you, you're like me. Let's find out the facts. Let's find out the truth. Keep an open mind on the journey because your mind's like a parachute. It's useless when it's closed. Mm. You and I wouldn't condone doing drugs at all now. But I tell you what, when you're off your tits, you get some amazing insights into stuff that you, areas of your mind that you didn't know existed. 
um, and I remember finding out a very interesting fact that um, William Shakespeare used to enjoy cocaine years ago. And that gives you an insight into his ability to write so in the way he did. And that was in the days when it was legal. That was why he was brilliant in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, a funny little aside, but my, my, one of my brothers has, um, has just gone into business with William Shatner. I'm yeah. sure William Shatner's got lots of businesses, but the guy's like 80 years old now or something, right? And he's still sort of sharp, sharp as a button. Um, yes, you do. The old substance thing does make you question things, doesn't it? And analyse things and be party to certain yeah. extremes of emotion that get you to think of life in a way you perhaps didn't before. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Chris. It has, mate. It has, yeah. It's nice to have a couple of free thinkers. Just, yeah, well, just having a chat. I think I'm free. Um, not free in this family, though, mate. I'll tell you that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. under, I'm under that one by, by a five-year-old and a yeah. gorgeous girl, but I'm very happy about that. Totally. So, so let's um let's pick this up again soon, yeah, and see what unravels. Love to, Chris. Been an absolute pleasure. Yes, brilliant. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris Thrall. Thank you.